Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Main Menu Hey everybody, and welcome to Main Menu for the 16th of March, 2018. This is your co-host, Jason Castingway. This week is our employment show. We're first going to talk with Allison Hartley and Michael Dois, the founder of iAccessibility. He will give us some background and then tell us what employment services they are offering. Next, we speak with the folks at Ira and we learn about what they are doing for those seeking employment. And then, for the veterans in our audience, Janine speaks with Timothy Hornig of Blind Vet Tech. Enjoy the show, and for any of you who are in the process of seeking employment, we wish you the very best. Hello, everybody. This is your co-host, Jason Castingway, and with me is Randy Rusnak. Hello. And we have folks from iAccessibility, and they're going to talk to us about a very interesting career service. We have Allison Hartley. Hello. And Michael Dois. Hello. To get started, tell us, what is iAccessibility? Well, iAccessibility is the company that I created a long time ago. Back, I, You know, the idea started in 2010, and it's blossomed out into a big, big thing. So back in 2010, or, well, okay, let's go back further. Back in 2007, we kind of got this little invention known as the iPhone. And even, yeah, I, I, I don't know where I've heard about that, but I've heard of it, you know. I personally have low vision and I had this terrible phone called the Moto Q without speech. I, I had and, the same thing. But you know, in those days, Mike, I thought I was a real big shot because it right. actually spoke yep. and I'd walk around, <laughs> I'd had my head up, you know, and like walking around. I mean, I do that anyway, but I mean, I was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it had such small text and I couldn't personally read it. Mm-hmm. And so... The iPhone came out and I said, okay, well, I love Macs anyway. I've been using Macs since 2005 when an Apple Store employee just wowed me by showing me Zoom and VoiceOver on a Mac, not having any, you know, mm-hmm. no AT just built in. So that got me involved with Macs. So the iPhone came out and it had the pinch to Zoom. And they showed that on stage at the event. And I said, whoa, that's going to change everything for low vision folks. And so I got my first iPhone. Then in 2009, they included voiceover. And I was at a convention in 2010 where I was seeing so many people use voiceover. And it just inspired me to write a blog called the iAccessibility Report, where I went through apps that were accessible or not accessible. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, later on, I started writing apps, and so I saw. I said, "Oh, I need a company name." So I just you went with iAccessibility because it it kind of encompassed the apps and the website. So now we are working towards bigger goals with the same company, and I just think it's amazing how you know we have the podcast now, the IA Cast, mm-hmm. and we've really grown. Have y'all heard of the yep. IA Cast? Yeah. Yep. It's amazing how things have changed. Two mistakes that I made, Mike, I was a, an accessibility uh, 
tech trainer for many, many years, a student of mine, and I remember to this day he was sitting on my right side, and the iPhone came out in 2007, so I guess it was 2007, you know, going to toward 2008, and the guy um, told me, he said, you know, you're really good at figuring out things. One thing I'd like to know from you is, do you think there's any <laughs> any possibility of a touchscreen that we'll be able to use? And I said, the iPhone will never speak <laughs> they they don't care and i also said that daisy the daisy format was pretty much dead two big big mistakes in my career my student about two years later remembered who i was and came in and one day he was sitting in the same place and i was working with somebody else and i got a tap on the shoulder and he goes Hey, you think the iPhone will ever speak? And I go, get out of here. <laughs> so a lot of things have changed. Thanks for your story about the, uh, you know, about putting things together. It's really cool. We started with the reviews and started into apps, and now all kinds of great services. And uh, Allison just became uh, one of our management members, so it's been a great year already. So, so. you guys are kind of working alongside of like Volk Rehab, then, Mike, right? Well, we're trying at this point to supplement the services available from, from Vogue Rehab. One of our newest initiatives is we want to help folks uh, get more prepared for employment. So mm -hmm. with my background in Vogue Rehab and um, some of the other folks who are work alongside us on the management team, we're going to be doing a career club where folks can um, bounce ideas off of each other in a, in a WhatsApp group. We're going to have webinars. We're going to have webinars with folks who have been successful in their careers and any tips and tricks they might want to share. Uh, we're going to eventually have help with things like resumes and cover letters and all that fun stuff of document formatting that nobody likes, but is nonetheless really important. Um, and that's just some of the ideas that we have with a basic membership to their career club. So what platform are you going to be using for a lot of the webinar stuff? We're going to be looking at different platforms as time goes on. I'm thinking Zoom is a good option and Zoom can hold a lot of folks and, and uh, we're powering this interview with Zoom. So, yes, it, you know, that's yep. a very popular because it's on all the OS. So, you know, like iOS, Android, so. Mm -hmm. Windows, Mac, everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Linux yep. even. supports yep. everything, yep. It's very exciting because this is something brand new that we're trying. And, you know, we're we're just starting out on this journey. And I think that we've brought together some amazing talent throughout the country and in some cases around the world to talk to folks looking for jobs or careers. We also have a student version, which will help folks that are, you know, trying to make it through college uh, to gain the skills they need to be successful there as well. Yeah, and one of the things we really want to focus on is the development of those soft skills, of, of those intangible professional skills that everybody needs to have to be successful navigating in the workplace. Because I can tell you that in my work in Voc Rehab, working with people with all different kinds of disabilities, that's the one thing that employers really, really are discouraged about when we send some of our folks is soft skills. And there's no point in beating around the bush about that. And I think that having not only these more informal groups, but also the webinars will help folks to kind of develop those skills in a place where it feels natural and where they are supported and where they're not being judged in every little thing they do, but where we can kind of all lend a helping hand. Well, and I think what's important that I think 
I believe that eye accessibility is very is going to shine is is that our goal is not just to teach soft skills, but it's there to teach why we believe uh, success is accessible to everybody and mm-hmm. to help people find their niche, help people find what they need to succeed. It's so true. is it going to be uh, all in one? Well, I, I know this is an internet project, but is it going to be like, are people going to be uh, coming in from all over the, the globe, basically? Or are you going to just uh, promote it to the U.S. or any any certain states within the U.S.? Or is it just all-encompassing? Uh, they can just sign up and go as they please. I My goal is for it to be all-encompassing around the world mm-hmm. so that nobody's limited. Because you could get experience from talking to anybody around the world. You know, that it's... You gain perspective in ways that somebody in your hometown or your home state may not even be able to provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good idea. Is there going to be a one-on-one type service available if somebody wants some specialized questions, answers, or uh, maybe even training or anything like that? We actually offer a training program for one-on-one training. It's kind of separate from the uh, career club. It is, I would say, pretty well priced. It's uh, It costs the student individually $18 an hour to get training on a certain topic. It's uh, basically towards technology currently, but uh, we will probably expand that out as the need arises. Oh, great. That's very competitive. It's a very competitive hourly rate. If you went to your local, one of your local vendors, you'd pay a lot more for training. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And do you cover all, or not all OSs, but, but all the main, you know, iOS and uh, Windows? and That's correct. And we even go into career-based training. So we actually have a student right now that is learning web design through our training program. Ah, okay. That's oh, wonderful. Yeah. When you say Career Connect, you know, they have to have working knowledge of lots of things. Are you going to be working with book readers and recording equipment? And uh, like if somebody wants to learn how to record, are you going to teach that kind of stuff too? That's correct. Ah. Yep. Our goal is to teach everything possible. Yeah. If a student has a need, we really want to tap into our resources to look to to fill it. Because of course, as a, as a student in the student club, you're especially going to need to have those skills in terms mm-hmm. of terms of book readers and recorders and everything, note-taking for classes. There's nothing that we won't find a way to teach somebody. Sometimes some counselors uh, may think, oh, you know, you really shouldn't. I This is some of the things that I've run into when I was teaching sometimes, and I'm not certainly speaking about all of them, but some of the counselors who really were young would say, oh, you know, I don't know if this is a good vocation for you to get into because uh, you'll find it hard to break into because... And I'm sure that some of the barriers that you guys want to break down, right? Absolutely. Good. That's Absolutely. correct. We want, we want to address if somebody has an interest and wants to go to a counselor with, with an idea for a plan, mm-hmm. we, one of the things that we want to really try to do with folks is to ask, okay, what are the practical barriers you feel you might face mm-hmm. in, in accomplishing this goal? And we want to try to help them so that when they go to their counselor and say, this is the plan I have, mm-hmm. they'll have an answer for those questions. Good. That's a good, that's a good thing to take from what Allison said, we want to work with the individual to make them understand if their plan is feasible Mm -hmm. and help them come up with that plan so that, you know, the one thing that counselors always say is 
that student's plan isn't feasible and that they haven't really come up with a plan. So one of the things I want us to do, if possible, is to help that student who is looking for services to come up with a plan so they could go to their counselor and say, I need A, B, C, D, E, F. Mm -hmm. And this is good that you guys are doing these kinds of things to show that there's a really good avenue for people who really feel that they want to break into something that they think they might not be able to. So I think this is really a cool idea. And the way we plan on doing that is to actually, so for example, if somebody wants to take web design classes, we actually help them build a real website throughout the class. You know, we help them build a portfolio as they go through our training so that we can, you know, the student can, we're not going to do it. The student can go to their counselor and say, look what I've been able to accomplish mm -hmm. so far. Exactly. And, you know, I love Vogue Rehab. I work for Vogue Rehab, so of course I love them. But we all know that across the country, quality of Vogue Rehab services varies. That's all I'll say. And oftentimes, a overworked state rehab counselor doesn't have the time or sometimes, unfortunately, the inclination to patiently go through even a goal which on the surface might seem unrealistic and break it down into the steps with the consumer of how, how would you accomplish this? What are, what are the things that we would have to put in place for you to be successful in this goal? The good ones do. That's where we could sort of come in with that, with that patience and that sometimes a reality check and sometimes, hey, maybe this, maybe this actually could work. Yeah, that's a that's a good thought. I know that some of the counselors that I worked with, you know, that actually you'd be explaining something, ah, not me, but a student would be explaining something to them and the counselor would yawn and like something yeah. else. And I'm glad <laughs> to see that you're, uh, you guys are involved with actually providing a good vehicle for someone to help move forward through the needs that would help them to perform well. Our main goal is it, it just it doesn't just encompass blindness. Our our goal is to make success accessible to everyone. And so, you know, it doesn't really matter disability, it doesn't matter what your knowledge level is. We think that if your dream is to use computers or to do anything using technology, we can help out make that goal a reality. And so that's why we offer the services that we do because everybody's entitled to their dreams. Now, when did this start? Uh, has it actually officially started yet? or have you, um... It has started. It is on our website, and uh, we could provide a link to the sign-up for both the training and the career club and student club areas. The career club has been completely started. We're still working on some of the details for the student club, but the career club is launched, so is the online training. And what is your website while you mentioned it? It is iaccessibility.net. And from there, they could probably find the sign-up form? They could, yes. It's on the services page. Ah, perfect. Okay. And we'll put the link in the show notes as well. I wanted to talk for just a minute about the other services that we offer for businesses and folks that you know may have some experience, but they want to increase their their market, their success. You know, we have web development services. We have hosting services and app development services. We developed the ACB Link app, and it's a great app for iOS. And Yay, yes. Um, it's really an awesome thing to be able to build apps for folks. I enjoy it. And we're actually looking to train people on how to build apps. So uh, that's one of our training programs. 
But we also have, you know, the voice, the VO starter app mm-hmm. that helps folks learn to use voiceover for iOS. Were you involved in that one, uh, Mike? Uh, that is an app I built. Ah, oh, well, I guess you are involved in it then. <laughs> That's a really good app. And I want to make it better. Uh, it's There's things I, I intend to add, like uh, better so, you know, so for gestures so that folks can practice those things. So that will all be added later. But, you know, we want to make apps that help people learn. And that's just one app I would like to get into building apps for TalkBack to train folks on that oh, for Android that. and yeah, getting into that, that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm actually converting my app Pocket Braille, which is a Braille reference app for folks who have vision and who can use Braille displays to learn the Braille symbols. Ah. So it would be kind of like kind of like learning with the old, uh, oh, what did they call that thing? The, was it the Braille Master that they used to enter Braille and then the uh, instructor could view their results? Is it kind of like, kind of like that? Well, this is more, it's like a, a, almost like a Braille dictionary. So if you wanted to look up the letter A, you could look up, it'll show the, the Braille. It'll show the print, and then it'll say dot one, and then you tap on that, and it'll show the same information and an example of that Braille in a sentence. Oh, gotcha. Now you mentioned ACB Link. Is is there an Android version in the works by chance? There is, and that is being developed along with some of our other products for Android. So uh, that is in the works. Great. I know. I've some been talking to Jeff Bishop about that, and it will be. It's kind of been in queue to be developed. Anything else you wanted to add? I'm just really excited to be to be involved in this in the capacity that I am. I think that that together we all have the power to change lives, and that includes the students changing our lives as well. So I'm just I am so jazzed to be a part of it. It was very inspiring to you know work alongside folks this past, you know, I've worked in rehab with the state of Texas and uh, with the Austin Lighthouse and also in my, you know, in a way with eye accessibility with folks. And it's just amazing what people have been able to accomplish. You know, a lot of folks use an iPhone as their main computing device and that's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I can take a device out of my pocket and start reading can labels and things like that, I mean, that's with a free app. I mean, we've come we've come a long way since two thousand and nine, and now we have handwriting support oh, yeah. in these new amazing oh, yeah, apps yeah. like Seeing AI and Prismo Go. Prismo Go, yeah, very exciting. How long have we waited for handwriting? <laughs> I mean, the handwriting recognition is so cool on Seeing AI. I was able to actually read a Christmas card that someone had handwritten me. And uh, I won't tell you what it says because it's not really very nice, but I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I copied the text and sent it out as a tweet, just showing people. Uh, and I also sent that uh, to you guys, Jason, on Threema. Remember that Christmas card? Yes. Uh, that, yep. To me, that's just cool. And I just think it's amazing how far, you know, technology in our pockets has allowed us to come from, you know, back before the iPhone to now. And, you know, I know a lot of folks don't agree with me on this, but I I do love both iOS and Android. But I will say there would be no Android without iPhone. Well, I think competition is great. I think choices are really great, Mm -hmm. too, because, you know, right now we can walk into basically any any store and find something that's accessible. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, back in 2008, we were stumbling along trying to figure out accessibility uh, with phones and 
uh, you know, people would say, well, what are you talking about? There's no, things can't talk. You know, of course, there was no um, code factory. Well, there was, it was around, but people didn't know about it. But still in this day and age, you still have to advocate for yourself. And that's where I think you guys are doing, going to be doing a great job uh, teaching these skills and, and showing people how to advocate for themselves in the workplace. Thank yeah. you. We appreciate it. Check us out, iaccessibility.net. Okay, we'll do that. Yep, there's iaccessibility.net. We we're on Twitter as iaccessibility1. We also have an uh, app. We are in the App Store for iOS. There's the official iaccessibility app. Oh, wonderful. We have our content as a live stream, so you could listen to that there. And we have... Uh, all of our latest podcasts in the app, all of our articles, because we also have the iAccessibility report still going. You could get links to all of our other apps there in the store, uh, in the in the iAccessibility app. We really promote the heck out of that thing. It's very useful and it's coming to Android. But we, you know, we have uh, you know our app. We have we're on pretty much any podcast player, even on the Echo. You could tell. Uh, it to play the IA cast. And now you could tell, uh, we call her the A lady. Yes. We do that too. (laughs) Otherwise we set everybody off (laughs) to, to play the station IA cast live. And that will play our live stream on TuneIn, which is very exciting. We're everywhere. There is no charge for the app. There is no charge. We do ask folks if they can to help out with our Patreon and they get access to all of our outtakes before the end of the year special. And man, there are some doozies, especially from <laughs> Miss Allison Hartley right here. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find out what my what my out, funny outtakes are, go to patreon.com. Most of them are just long beats, I'm assuming. Oh no, on the outtakes, we leave those out. It's it's all it's it's family friendly outtakes. <laughs> oh no, family unfriendly outtakes. Family, oh, okay. Everything yeah, uncensored. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> on on the on the you know on the end of the year show that goes on iTunes, we'll we'll censor a lot of stuff. Well, we'll but you sure know these. You said that you're going to get a lot of money now, so that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thanks guys for being here, Michael. A pleasure meeting you finally. Uh, we yes, sure same here. Been, uh, seeing you roundabout, and it's nice to to hook up with you. And Allison, as usual, it's a pleasure. Well, thanks. It's great to be back. And thank you guys for letting us come on your show and talk yeah. about uh, eye accessibility. And uh, hopefully we can have you guys on the IACast sometime yeah, to talk about awesome. technology. We'll do it. That'd be great. Hi, everyone. This is Janine. And with me today is Jason Castingway, our co-host. Hey there, Janine. And we have two people from Ira with us today. We have Amy Bernal, who is the Vice President of Customer Experience, and we have Marty Watts, the Director of Sales. Hi, Amy and Marty. This is exciting to have two folks from Ira here with us tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit first about what is Ira. Kind of a brief overview. I know a lot of you have heard about Ira, various segments that we've had on the show, and me talking about it, and other folks. But let's go over a little bit. What is Ira, Amy? Ira is essentially a service that connects. Um, our explorers. Explorers are what we call our customers, and they are connected to a real trained person that is part of the IRA team called an IRA agent. 
And that IRA agent is able to see a live video stream in real time with less than 0.2 seconds of delay from a video camera that is in a pair of smart glasses, the Iris smart glasses that our explorers wear, um, or they're also able to stream from their phone when they are, you know, when they choose to, depending on the task at hand or if maybe glasses are charging in another room. And that agent is not only able to see that live video stream in real time, but they're also able to see information about the user that the user has built through their profile and information about their environment based on where they're located. So maps, transportation schedules, um, they're able to call a rideshare service through a Lyft and an Uber integration. And they're also able to snap photos for our users that they're able to tag with descriptors and send to our users, our explorers, as they request. Oh, and I love that one. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It came out of just total organic demand, right? Like we built that feature for reading purposes for the agent to be able to zoom in and get a super high quality, high resolution image for very small text. You can imagine things like prescription labels that have that very, very tiny text on the side. Um, and then what happened is people started taking pictures of things like cacti on their hiking trail or <laughs> family members or selfies with their, um, you know, class, for example. And so when explorers started, you know, doing that and saying, well, can you send this to me? We knew it was time to build an actual feature for the photo share. And it is pretty cool, I have to say. But probably the biggest thing, in my opinion, and the thing that brought us to having you on this particular show about employment is your new employment initiative that came out in February. We just are so proud of the employment program because it's not about IRA. It's about how can we catalyze different organizations and groups and frankly employers and businesses um, around solving a problem and that problem is the extremely high rate of unemployment for the blind and low vision community and so through my journey personally at IRA it's been one of the things that explorers have shared their experience and asked a lot of questions around using IRA in the workplace or going for an interview um, and we got to the point where it was like, look, we have to do something um, to make this a lot easier for explorers. And I think site access is the tie for the employers. Like we make it easier for businesses to have tools in place like IRA um, for their employees who are blind or visually impaired to, to access visual information. And instead of being, you know, curious or wondering what that could look like as an employer, as a business. We help fill that gap, that knowledge gap in for them when we talk about site access for employers. And so it's kind of a two-pronged approach. One, we're helping educate businesses a bit about what's possible and what tools blind or low vision folks have, um, have on hand. Um, and then it's also for our explorers, we said, you know, we need to provide the IRIS service for those types of job seeking activities. So what we said is, you know, as of <clears throat> today being um, February 20th, we are going to make all of the minutes that our explorers use in job seeking activities. So that could be anything from updating your resume, looking at your LinkedIn profile and making some changes there, 
maybe you're formatting something on LinkedIn, or maybe you're curious about what the person who would be your manager or the person you're interviewing with looks like on LinkedIn. Maybe it's planning the route to get to your interview to make sure that you're not running late because all of us hate to be like late and stressed for a time where we're already a little bit nervous about what we're going to do. And we've had explorers use Ira to, you know, arrange their outfits for the interview. And it's really kind of endless. It's, it's pretty free form as long as it's helping our explorers um, nail the career of their dreams. And um, we are there to provide that service for free. And one thing that we still have as like a limited time availability are free lift rides. So- ah, I was just going to ask about that because this is really cool. Yes, as our newer partner Lyft, we are going to provide the first hundred job seeking rides for free. So if you are going to an interview and you want to take Lyft there, Ira will cover the cost up to $25 for one way of your Lyft ride. So if you are $25 and below one way, so that's $50 round trip, and the cost is on Ira to have that Lyft ride take you to your interview. Wow. And there's nothing like that, you know, sort of getting there like everybody else does in a timely manner and not having to worry about being all must from, you know, riding public transportation or being late because of paratransit or something like that, making that good impression. I would assume that people would book those rides then through the IRA app if they are an explorer to book through Lyft. Uh, That's exactly right. So um, in order to have that credited, obviously, we have to know that's what you're doing. So you would just launch your IRA app and call an agent and let the agent know the location you're going that you want a lift and it's for a interview and the agent will handle the rest. So they'll um, pull up the lift feature in their dashboard and they'll make that arrangement for you and be able to see the lift as it's approaching, not just on the map, but also obviously through the video stream and then get you on your way to your interview. It is, it it takes a load off your mind when you're doing a ride share that you've got that agent there kind of tracking the car. And I've gotten really used to using Ira now to call, you know, ride share for myself when I'm out and about because they can track the vehicle. They can tell me when it's getting close and then they can actually see the person when they pull up. Marty, I have a question for you. Now people's are perked up. What is involved in signing up for IRA in terms of the process, the cost, the plans? Because this is a subscription service. A regular consumer offering has, hasn't changed. And so anyone can still arrive at ira.io forward slash plans. And you can see a four currently uh, consumer available plans. And those, those will stay the same. But I think what will change is that when we talk about the cost of IRA and the burden of that cost. And so in, in just in, in the spirit of talking about the employment program is that now employers really have a chance to not acknowledge that there's a problem, but to acknowledge that there's a problem and also to do something about it. And so when we talk about how do we create, how do we create action? And so a, a lot of my conversations with employers and with businesses are focused on just getting getting the, the head shake, getting the nod, getting the yes to the fact that access to information is a basic human right. And so no one will, will doubt that. No one will refute that. And then when you charge them or when you challenge them with 
trying to make a difference by partnering with Ira, being that we're the simplest and fastest and most effective way to make all information immediately accessible. And then you frame it in the context of, of in, in employment, and you suddenly have very emotionally charged conversation, which from our standpoint is, is great, because I feel like no one will doubt that the unemployment rate is an issue, but I feel like they struggle with, well, how do I get connected? How do I make a difference? What can I do? And so now this is something tangible that, that they can act on by joining the IRA employment program, which really means becoming part of the site access network. So you would activate your, your site. And so for, for a business to get involved in any of our site access networks, basically it's, it's a 2,500-minute um, brick that you would purchase for $5,000. It's equivalent to a prepaid cell phone card. So those minutes don't expire. They're available to that business and to any IRA explorer who arrives at that location or if you, if you look at it as they arrive on premise at that site, and then those minutes um, are then available to them. So it's a $5,000 in investment uh, that doesn't expire. It could cover a single location or it could cover many low locations. And in terms of the employer, what they're getting for that is an employee who may be able to do a lot more tasks than they previously were able to do. Or, and oh boy, I've, <laughs> I've definitely seen this in action, accomplish tasks a lot more efficiently with the trained agents. Now, the agents won't do the thing for them, but they will certainly do the tasks under the direction of the person. So it's very um, driven by what the person wants to do and how they want to do it. Let's talk a little bit, though, because people are thinking, okay, can I really use this at work? Because I sometimes handle sensitive information. Now, somebody may be a teacher or uh, a lawyer or be in a profession like that where they have to handle sensitive info. How does Ira deal with that with the agents? All of our agents have gone through three background checks before they ever take an explorer's call. Um, obviously, they've gone through about a month-long training program as well. One of the agreements that they sign with us is really legally binding them to keep all information that they are exposed to about explorers or really about you know anyone else or anything um, involved in the session completely confidential and private. And so we're able to share a summary of that agreement with someone if they're requesting that information, especially like an employer, or if people are just curious, we're happy to share that. Also say that we're working towards HIPAA compliance. Oh, great. Yeah, we do have quite a few explorers who work in some sort of, you know, client facing role where they have, you know, their organization has specific guidelines. And so really the way Ira handles this is it's up to the explorer to know uh, the rules of the game in their workplace. <laughs> And we are, you know, we're, we're just going to be there to provide the service. So we're not going to police you know, information uh, that our agents are exposed to. It's really up to the explorer who's in control of their own information um, and what an agent is able to see. A feature that sometimes people haven't heard about is the privacy mode. So in your app, you're able to, um, instead of ending the call, you go to the left and the button to the left is privacy mode and it kills that video and audio from the agent. So you can imagine maybe you were at a situation in work where 85% of something would be totally acceptable for an agent to see, 
um, but maybe that 15%, you could enable privacy mode um, just as a way to handle that. And you do have some signals for the agents and ways for us to tell the agents, for example, okay, I'm going into a meeting and I can't communicate with you, Ira agent, but I want you to describe everybody's facial expressions. If, you know, anybody has any odd facial expression changes to something I'm saying or describe what's going on with a presenter, etc. So those are things that uh, an agent can also do. Yeah, it is true. We do have some verbal cues and some hand signals, but I'm really excited that in the next six months, um, we will release a feature that makes this a little more elegant through the interface. It's something that we've been talking about with our explorers and have started in beta testing with some focus groups. So anyone who's listening to this, you heard it first. Eventually, this will become a feature as well in which you're able to non-verbally communicate with your agent. So have you all heard of any rehabilitation agencies funding IRA for folks who are job seeking or explorers who maybe have made a case for this with their counselors or state agencies? We, we have a, a small handful of states who currently have said that you know, IRA is an, is an approved vendor and that Voc Rehab could, could purchase in the right circumstance uh, for one of their clients. And so we're, we're continuing to handle that on a, on a state-by-state basis. Literally, it's, it's introductions from current explorers, Voc Rehab counselors that we're meeting at, at conferences and just saying, hey, we're just looking for, uh, you know, for, for a 20 or 30-minute meeting to just explain to you what it is that we do and who we serve. And so far, uh, there's been little to no pushback on that front. I think where, where I think we have tremendous opportunity is by uh, casting a, a vision within these agencies of the impact that they truly could have in that IRA is technology. Uh, they empower people. They know how to train and coach people. And they have relationships in their local markets. So I think what excites IRA is that if we empower people with this technology and we're working with both rehab agencies that know local businesses, how do we try to connect some new dots in terms of what are, what are employment positions that typically in, in the past haven't been offered or, can, or even haven't been considered to be filled by someone who's blind or low vision? And how do we partner with that to equip and train their clientele for those roles and how do we enable and make it possible by having Ira be the technology that lets them lets them do it. That's the story that we're beginning to tell is just that, you know, there's there's no ceiling, right? There's no limit. And I think with with the right imagination and, and people who are bold, they'll see that and they will recognize that. Uh, and they will they'll leverage their network, they'll leverage their relationships and they'll reach out to, you know, local business owners or or owners of large national chains who have jobs to fill have open open spots and look at it differently this could be a position filled by someone who's blind or low vision with the right training from from this agency with the right technology from ira so i think that's that's what's that's what's exciting is that there's just uh there's a kind of a whole new train of thought happening so which states are currently participating? New Jersey, Arizona, Virginia, and Colorado. 
And uh, hopefully, if you are not in one of those states, um, you can use those states as models when you have this talk with your local rehab counselor or your state, uh, maybe advisory board for your rehab system in your state, because this is similar to a computer. You know, it's another job tool that you're going to need. And certainly with the employment program, the cost is you know, minimal at this point if you're doing a lot of employment seeking. So if people would like to learn more about the IRA guest program, the employment program, uh, what's going to be new and exciting coming up, tell us, Amy and, and Marty, where can they go to learn about everything IRA? Well, our website is a good place to start. And that's another thing that is coming in brand speaking new. We've been um, redeveloping our website for some time. And so I believe this month, the month of March, that will be live. And you can find us at www.ira, which is A-I-R-A dot I-O. And again, that's dot I-O, not dot com. Um, also, our Facebook page and our Twitter feed um, are really the most up-to-date play-by-play ways to know what we're announcing. So if you don't follow us on Twitter or Facebook, please do, because that um, that is usually, you know, one of the first places that we announce some things like day of. What is your, uh, your Twitter hashtag? Twitter um, is at IRAIO and Facebook is um, IRA.IO. And do you all have a telephone number that people can call to get more information? We absolutely do. Our phone number is 858-876-2400. Ira.io. I want to thank Amy Bernal and Marty Watts from Ira today. And thank you, Jason. And uh, hopefully everyone will go out and check this out as another tool in your toolbox. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having us. We really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much. Hi, Main Menu listeners. This is Janine Stanley, and I am here today with Timothy Hornig. Hi, Tim. Hello, Janine and everyone. Hey, and we are talking specifically today to the veterans in our audience who want to learn more about technology for a variety of reasons, but certainly going along with the theme of this show for employment purposes, possibly. Tim is the website owner of a site called Blind Not Alone. And let's find out a little bit, though, how Tim came to this journey of technology and blindness. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Tim. Well, I've always enjoyed technology. It's just been a fun hobby of mine, even going back to my sighted days in high school when I had my first computer in the mid-90s to building my first computers in college and then working on even my first duty station in Korea. I built a couple of the computers that we use in our offices. Then it's just been something that I have never let go of. It's been a key part of my journey when it comes down to rehab after going blind. I recall being at the uh, Waco Blind Rehab Center and they're giving me my tips on how to use the computer and me being the uh, smart patootie that I am was like, okay, good. I know the keyboard. I know the power button. So over the lunch break, I decided to disassemble their entire computers that was in the office <laughs> and laid across the tables and started pointing out all the other components that they were not telling me about. And, you know, just from there, uh, just love it. I love the fact that, you know, we could use computers to do anything from, you know, achieve our own personal goals with communicating, connecting with our families and loved ones to 
playing games to, you know, the most important part is, you know, employment and other types of professional outreach and goals. And for somebody, for example, like yourself, who was maybe wounded in action or is losing their vision and is used to being sighted, the computer is that link back to independence, right? It very much is. And if we look at today's day and age, people have been using computers for all these types of activities pretty much since the 80s and 70s in a lot of cases. So, you know, it's it's something where it's not so much teaching someone new how to use a computer, even with some of our more experienced members. It's more teaching them how to regain functioning of computers through assistive and adaptive technologies. Let's talk about blind vet tech. What is blind vet tech? What kinds of offerings do you have for folks through that particular brand name? Okay, so blind vet tech is a long ongoing process that Janine personally knows of because she helped me start it with the <laughs> Blind Veterans Association. It was a lot of fun. I'm not a veteran, but boy, I had fun, fun helping you out there get started. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, we've been doing it for, I think, what, three and a half years now? Almost. Yeah. I can't and, believe it's almost been four years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just an ongoing process that we keep evolving based on what it is individuals want, what it is that people feel the best with. Because we started off with, just some information uh, products that we post on websites and pass out at conventions, along with some convention presentations on how to use things like your iPhone and iPad, basic items from voiceover to Zoom to specific apps. And, you know, it's steadily grown and evolved to where people said, hey, we would love it if we had a peer support style support group to learn technology. Because one of the things that we talk about with the blind vet tech series and our teleconferences is how to use it from the introductory level all the way up to the most experienced level. And we make sure that we touch upon all those items because you can only learn so much at a, an inpatient rehab center. You really need to have that experience outside of it that helps with that scaffolding approach that blind rehab takes with teaching computers so that we pick up the small pieces like, okay, here's the computer. Here's how you use some of the basic functions with the screen reader, magnification, whatever it is you might be using. And then, okay, let's help you not only remember what those items are, but let's help you grow. And that's the general purpose of what we try to do with Blind Vet Tech. And it's something that we have open to everyone. It's just, we called it Blind Vet Tech, Jeff, because the other acronym that we had for it was way too long. And, <laughs> um, uh, that's just what our goal is. It's just to help people do that scaffolding approach to build upon the skills that they already have related to assistive technology and computers. If it's something that's coming back from back in the 90s and 2000s, great. Let's use that as the fundamental basis. If it's something that's all new, great. We're going to use that as a basis. And by using a more peer support style approach to it, we're making sure that we're answering the questions with the type of responses most people will be able to understand. That's one thing that I often have to um, remind myself when I'm talking is that some of the words I might use and approaches does not really compute to the <laughs> widest uh, selection of individuals that might be participating or interested in this. And it's one of the points that I bring up and I've heard the most when talking with individuals that are new to computers and they try to read the tech guides, the user manuals. Apple does a great job with you know, 
easily digestible user manuals, but even that might be too much. Other websites, they talk a little bit too over the top uh, mm -hmm. about how to do things. So I try to keep things as simple as possible and I fail at that too, which is why we have the peer support style structure. So someone's going to be able to address it in a way that's meaningful because <laughs> we all don't do it. We all don't communicate the same language. So. And I've heard that definitely on the on the um, support calls. The other really neat thing about the support calls is if somebody is using kind of an obscure application or, for example, if somebody's using hearing aids with a particular setup, you know, whether it's their phone or their laptop or whatever, uh, and somebody is getting hearing aids, you know, oh my gosh, what do I have to look for in these to get it to work with, you know, all of this technology? That was a huge support. I, I looked at that going, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, people can tell people, okay, I've tried these and that doesn't work. And, you know, you do cross-platform support yes. through the teleconferences. Tell us a little bit about those and what offerings there are. Okay. So we have four teleconferences and each teleconference has a different focus. And just to go down the list, they go in this order. We have on the second Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have our monthly narrator talk, which is new to this year and new to the blindness community in general, because I don't think there's very many people outside of Microsoft accessibility focus <laughs> talking about narrator. I think you guys are the only one I've heard of, which is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and it's that good of a product. But uh, so yeah, we're covering that uh, just to teach people how to use narrator because uh, the reason is for those using JAWS, MVDA, and other third-party bolt-on screen readers, sometimes you come across situations when you need to use another screen reader because your bolt-on screen reader may not be getting the job done. I'll eventually get to the magnifier part. Once I find someone that's low vision enough to use it right now, I have no usable vision. So it's like... Ooh, so we're putting out the call, people, if you are... Now, do you have to be a veteran to attend these calls? No, 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 not mine. No, not... not these are open to everyone. So we got the narrator call. What's What else is there? So, Later on the second week of each month, on the second Thursday of the month at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have the monthly macOS talk where Richard Dummer and I will talk about macOS. Richard's my Zoom user and I'm the voiceover user. So we generally talk about anything, any questions that people might have with that one because we understand with macOS, there's a lot more people that either have been using it for 20 years or people that are just interested in it and there's not a whole lot in between. So we're, we kind of leave that one open for questions and answers and we try to work things through. Then on the third Thursday of the month, we have two calls. The first one's at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Nice little uh, you know series there where most of our calls are, are at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we talk about just anything related to tech. We used to focus primarily on iOS, but the general draw is towards the greater bit of technology we might use. So Windows is open and fair game. Mac is fair game. iOS, great. There's an Android user that knows something about Android that wants to come on and share. Hey, fantastic. Woohoo, another call out. We need an Android user. <laughs> you know, it's open tech. I mean, we've talked about the wonderful folks at IRA about the awesome IRA 
glasses and everything. This is pretty cool because somebody who's looking for a job, they want to come on and kind of generally talk tech. Okay, I might have to use, you know, Excel. Oh, what do I do? You know, how does that work? We'll, we'll walk through it. We'll walk, we'll definitely walk you through with working with Excel, working with uh, Word. We have a couple of users that are very, very experienced JAWS with Microsoft Office. If I need to find someone that knows the VA computer systems because they're getting a job within the VA, I will get that person on the call and connect them up with them maybe after the call because you know, that, that's what they need. Hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to oh, wow. get that's that great. to go through. And this is the best part of peer support is you don't need to know the answer yourself. You just have to know where to turn to find the answer and make sure that the individuals are able to connect with it. So. What is our final call? Final one is just our social night. It occurs at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on the third Thursday of the month. And the general goal is just to get to know each other. It's not tech specific because I think talking about text so much <laughs> with every other call that we do is one thing. So it's good just to get to know each other on a more personable level. Last month, we talked about the entire Delta United controversies related oh to service animals. It, it was a good conversation because we talked about traveling blind and you can't talk about traveling blind without talking about. Yeah, you got it. Yep. The whole air experience from beginning to end. <laughs> yeah. So we have people that traveled internationally and we have people that just travel locally. So it's, it's just good. That type of open forum communications. We're not going to focus anything specific for that one. So how do people participate in these calls? We use Zoom platform and the best way to figure out how to connect is to go to blindnotalone.com slash Zoom. I try to keep that as easy as possible. And we will put that in the show notes, folks. Yeah. Never fear. And for those familiar with the Zoom platform, our ID number is 785-409-1838. And we will also put that in the show notes. And there are always telephone numbers associated with these Zoom meetings. If you, you know, maybe aren't listening to this on a computer and you want to call in, there's going to be a number associated with yes. that. Yes. And also on that page, I have a little table that has all the keyboard shortcuts for the basic participant items if you are connecting with your computer or on your iOS device. So you know how to do the quick mute yourself if you're on your computer or if you're on the phone. Well, Tim, this is great news. And uh, this is wonderful that these groups, especially the narrator group, is open to more than just veterans because I think people don't really have a good place to talk Windows and talk uh, yeah. narrator and find out what narrator can do and what people are actually using it for. Yeah, and you know, narrator is just one of those where I do feel in a couple of years, we're not going to be talking JAWS and NVDA. We're going to be talking narrator as one of the primary screen reader individuals are learning because we look at trends even in schools right now. The focus is on integrated accessibility options within the products they pick up for teaching K through 12. So that's why we have more Chromebooks. So I see this if we look at the Windows 10 S release. And the only screen reader currently available for that is Narrator. I was talking with a colleague, Phil Bulls, over at blindrehab.com about this on the sidebar. Okay, what is going to be the future of um, 
you know, these types of items and how we're going to use it. And integrated does have its benefits, but then so does JAWS have its benefits as being a very, very good source of information for both how to use these items and to gain independence. So I can't go and be completely off the JAWS bad wagon. Mm-hmm. Well, and there are a lot of specialized applications, you know, that have the scripts and everything, which is great, but it's nice to have that alternative. And even now you can get to places in Windows with Narrator that, that the other screen readers can't go and aren't, aren't able to go because of the, the state of the process that you're in. One quick other call out since we are talking just a little bit about Windows and that's uh, my partners. One of the people that helped us start the BlindVot Tech is Terry Kebble, who is the Heinz alumni president. They have a great set of teleconferences that's been going on for 10, 12, 14 years now. And that's the uh, monthly Windows users call as well as the iOS and um, GPS users call. And I do have those information and resources on how to connect to those, but those occur on the first Tuesday and Thursday of the month at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Those are vet only specific calls that are ran in conjunction with the Heinz Rehab Center over mm-hmm. in the VA system, but they are fantastic sources of information now, especially for veterans that are just getting out of the BRCs and are still looking for that little direct connection with a BRC. Heinz, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a huge rehabilitation center with a wonderful blindness program, technology, etc. in the Chicago area for veterans. So if you are a veteran and you're a Heinz alum and you may not know about this, here you go. Or even if you're not a Heinz alum, but you're interested as a veteran. Yeah. And, you know, Heinz has a good route. I mean, we can't read the history of the uh, orientation and mobility and the entire blind rehab profession without seeing Heinz yep. there as the initial source. Yeah, that's kind of where it all here. started. And along with so many things that started as a result of World War II and, and all of the injuries that happened there. So, Tim, if people want to get hold of you, where can they do that? Easiest way, like a lot of people, is catch me on, a, on an email at info at blindnotalone.com. I-N-F-O at blindnotalone.com, or you could go to blindnotalone.com to go ahead and uh, visit the website. I'm also on Twitter at Timothy Hornick. That's T-I-M-O-T-H-Y-H-O-R-N-I-K. There's no C in my name. Um, <laughs> it's those Polish and Czech names. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> not too much. And then, you know, same thing on, on Facebook. You can either find me at Timothy Hornick or you could find at least Blind Not Alone on Facebook at, well, Blind Not Alone. <laughs> so, and, and on the Blind Not Alone page, that's where I have all the Blind Vet Tech information. And whenever I remember to do it, I put on the calendar stuff on Facebook for the calls. <laughs> We will just um, be sure and go to that website and bookmark it, folks, because there is a ton of great information there. Thank you so much, Tim, for giving us a lot of resources here for job seekers and for just people interested in tech. Main Menu is brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. 
It airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream, repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen by pointing your browser to acbradio.org mainstream, use ACB Link for iOS, grab it as a podcast, or call 712-775-4808. Do you have ideas or your own recordings of product reviews? Feel free to email us, mainmenu at acbradio.org. We're on Twitter as well, at Main Menu. We hope you enjoyed listening.